Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a week four edition of Between the Horns, our Thursday morning social and digital preview show. It's also becomes a podcast, so if you're listening there, uh, thanks for subscribing and downloading. My name is JB Long, voice of your Los Angeles Rams, saying good morning to team reporter Serena Morales. How are you, Serena? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? <laughs> good, thank you. And from New York, he's already done good morning football. Peter Schrager, are we holding you up from your lunch break? No, we're all good, and I am excited to talk some Rams football with you guys from the East Coast this morning. Yeah, you're sending the uh, 0-3 Giants our way Sunday at SoFi Stadium, only the second Rams home game. Uh, But first, I know it's tough to do. Let's go back and revisit that painful loss in Buffalo, the first of the season, Serena, that the Rams have taken. For sure. And I mean, this was a loss, but it was an impressive comeback, right? From 25 points down, the Rams fell short. They lost 35-32, but I think we can all agree there are some positives that we can take from this loss. McVay said he learned a lot about this team's mental toughness. Since joining the Rams, I see way more of a 2018 team than a 2019 team. Triggs, what do you think? Yeah, look, there's so much positive to be taken from. It doesn't even feel that much like a loss. When you're down 28-3 to and you rally to take a lead, and then some things happen. Look, could you have stopped a third and 22 to Cole Beasley? Sure. But could the pass interference call have gone a different way? Yes. I don't know if that necessarily would be getting as much overlooking on this one if the uh, different fan bases were the recipients of that call. It is what it is. I think the Rams know that that's not going to be the case every week, and you don't want to fall back 28-3. But what a comeback. It was almost a good loss, if you put it that way. Well, a good opponent to lose to as well, an AFC opponent in this uh, NFC-heavy stretch to open the season. Uh, Serena, on the plus side, I think it was Jared Goff's best game. It was his most challenging game, and he rose to the occasion. I think relative health still has to be taken into account here, both in terms of COVID-19, as we're seeing around the league, but also just in terms of the, the general physical injury report. The Rams are in great shape. Um, concerning items out of the loss, I think a lack of an edge rush is, is uh, rearing its ugly head right now, some coverage issues. And I'm going to say it every week until it changes. The most disappointing special teams play in the NFL. And I'm not saying that that specifically cost the Rams week three, but until it turns around, it's going to leave the Rams in a vulnerable position. Um, So you put that AFC loss behind you, you turn your attention back to week four, and you turn your attention to keeping up with the NFC West, which is once again the best division in football. Uh, Schrager, as you see it from a national level, are the Cardinals, Seahawks, Niners, and, and Rams, all playoff contenders. Yeah, they're all playoff contenders, and I would argue it's the best division in all of football, and that grind is about to start for the Rams, for those other teams as well. Cardinals lost to the Lions. You might say, okay, well, they came back down to earth. Cardinals very easily could have beaten that Lions team. They were in it till the end. They would have been 3-0. and And then the fact that the Niners, playing with 40% of their salary cap on the field the last two weeks, won two games with everyone gone, they're a tough, well-coached team. And then – I would argue that Russell Wilson's playing as well as any quarterback in the league, Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes, Jared Goff included. So a loaded division, no week is going to be easy in the NFC West. And if you're a Rams fan, you've got to win these out-of-conference and out-of-division games. Sure. I actually think that there's some positives even to look within this division because if Russ is going to keep playing the way he's playing, well, Aaron Donald's going to keep playing the way he's playing. And Aaron Donald loves Russell Wilson. He wants to give him the most – Sack hugs possible. Um, AD has 12 sacks against Russell Wilson since entering the league in 2014. That is actually 16% of all of his sacks. So to me, the positive is if, you know, the Seahawks are going to stay 3-0 and and they're going to continue doing their thing, I think the Rams can actually hang in this division because of guys like Aaron Donald and this defense. 
Well, they're all going to be favored to win again this week. I think San Francisco in particular, who will be the first NFC West opponent, the Rams see, have a clear path of 4-1, and one, home to Philadelphia this, this week, home to Miami uh, the following week before welcoming the Rams to leave that stadium, Serena. So uh, let's turn our attention to the Rams' high-powered offense, which is going to have to keep pace with uh, the rest of the NFC West. Yeah, so when you think about Sean McVay and this offense, you think usually like passing attack, right? And they still have that, but they've been a little more balanced this season. So is this sort of the new Rams identity? Peter Schrager. I don't know. You know, Cooper Cup still had a great game, and <laughs> Robert Woods still was all over the place. And I think we're starting to see Van Jefferson involved a little bit more, and Reynolds made plays. Like, it's really balanced. And I think there were a lot of Rams fans who said, ah, you know, Todd Gurley, he was our guy. He did all this stuff. Like, are we so sure we're going to be fine without him? They're fine without him. And that's nothing against Todd. We, we love Todd, and he's in Atlanta, and he's flourishing as a starter. But, like, this offense might be even better this year, and they might be just fine at running back. I, I love what Henderson's doing, but Brown did it one week. And when Akers is healthy, he's going to do it himself. So the offense is balanced, and I'm going to give Kevin O'Connell as much credit as Sean McVay because he's dialing it up, and Jared looks really dialed in. I see just, just a playoff. Oh, go ahead, JP. No, no, you first, Serena. I was going to make the comparisons. Do you remember those AOL CD-ROMs where you got the upgrade and you had to put it in, and all of a sudden you got a little more fonts and a little more fun? But it, at the end of the day, it was still just a good product. That's <laughs> what I see as this offense. It's just the 2.0 of, of what we've seen from Sean McVay already. It's just a little bit of an it. upgrade. <laughs> Don't date yourself, Serena. What was your best Oregon Trail score while we're at there it? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Any scurvy? How do we do? <laughs> Uh, but just on that word balance uh, that you both have mentioned, like I always like to just redefine it as not a true run pass split, right? It's making the defense respect all five of your eligibles. And speaking with uh, run game coordinator and offensive line coach Aaron Cromer yesterday, he was quick to point out it's also making the defense respect every run gap. And I think relative to last year's rushing attack, the Rams are capable both in terms of their offensive line and their running backs of threatening you left, right, interior, exterior, outside zone, and everything in between. And I think that's really – uh, been borne out in their results so far and look running backs matter okay I'm not here to make that contention that they don't but I think the running back portfolio that the Rams have consists of at least three maybe even four we'll see if Xavier Jones gets his first carry this week running backs who are willing and determined to hit all of those holes get their four five six and get this offense on or ahead of schedule it's mailbag time right JV <laughs> let's go um, here I found one from Joe Bonfiglio on Twitter, he wrote, I think Jared Goff is having a phenomenal start to the season. Do you think he'll start getting the respect he's earned? Peter, you want to go first? Yeah, the answer is no. Uh, the NFL, the way the narratives are, it's going to be always McVay getting the credit and Jared kind of being the jockey on that horse. That's just what it is. I, I don't know what Jared needs to do to prove doubters wrong. He started off the uh, week two game going 12 for 12, 13 for 13, just dialed in. And still it was like, oh, McVay's got his swagger back. The truth is this. I don't think Jared Goff should care. He makes the money. He has the respect internally within that building. And if they continue to win games, he's going to always have a place in Rams fans' hearts. But if you're looking for the same fawning that uh, that uh, Josh Allen gets or that now that, you know, Mahomes and Lamar Jacks get, keep on looking. It's not going to happen. The, the, the fan bases that matter, the Rams and the intelligent ones that watch the games know Jared could deliver. And the haters are going to hate. It just is what it is. And Goff, I'm sorry, I, you can't write the narratives. People just don't give him the credit when it's due. JB, Peter, do you think it's because the new cool quarterback is that mobile QB that you just mentioned, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray? 
I, I don't know. And I'd, I'd love to hear JB, JB's thoughts too, because you guys see Jared, you know the respect and how he's changed over the last few years. Like he has grown up. He is a leader. He is the guy in that locker room. And yet I see people still dismiss him on our show, on NFL Network, on ESPN, everywhere. It's just he's not considered in that same caliber ever. Like Kyler Murray's already been crowned. And you don't ever hear Jared Goff mentioned in that conversation, literally ever. Well, I think it was fair to ask a couple of more things of Jared coming into this season, um, taking away some of the turnover-worthy throws, uh, being better on platform, being better off schedule. And I think that's why I described his effort at Buffalo as his best yet, because everything was not a controlled, favorable circumstance. There were some second and third down and longs. There were some muddy pockets. He had to wait for some longer developing plays to move the chains. And he did it all almost immaculately. Um, and look, the guys he's gone up against so far this season are many of his peers. There are many of these quarterbacks in this tier, this category that we like to compare them to. Dak, Wentz, Allen. And I think the case can be made he'd outplayed all of them so far within, within a very narrow range. The most important thing, as Peter touched on from a Rams fan standpoint, is you know you now have a guy who can go toe-to-toe in those matchups, up to and including Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and give your group a chance to feel like they can compete and come out on top. Now, I will say the future looks even brighter for Jared Goff, not just because of his potential, but because of some of the upcoming defenses. The New York Giants are 30th in coverage. Mm -hmm. They're signing corners off their practice squad and the Raiders practice squad to come to Los Angeles this week. Miami behind them is currently 25th. So ultimately, I think the comparisons that matter most for Jared Goff are the ones in the division. It's Garoppolo. It's Russell. It's Kyler, because those are the games that are going to secure your playoff spot. And those are around the corner, too. Yeah, for sure. And I think just overall, it's been difficult for Jared not to give him excuses, but he's had a different quarterback coach pretty much every season since he's entered the league. And so there's a lot of changes for Jared, but I think overall he's he's been consistent and that's what Sean wants to see is just consistency. Um, now time for our rapid fire questions where we're just going to roll through a bunch of different topics and matchups heading into week four. Um, first, how do you handle a game like this when you're near a two touchdown favorite? Hmm. It's been a long time since the Rams have been favorites. This is an uncomfortable position, I think. Um, and there's a lot of reason why they should be this wide a favorite as I look at the New York Giants and the state that they're in. Um, I'll, I'll go with a uh, tangential na- uh, narrative. How about payback for Joe Judge winning a Super Bowl ring as Patriots special teams coordinator wow. against the Rams? Is that is that a deep enough pull? Wow. Wow. Or how about how about you, you just pretend you're how about you just pretend you're playing the 49ers this week, right? <laughs> they put up 36 and held the Giants to nine. So play San Francisco this week. Try and go for a 40-burger and keep the uh, Giants to single digits. You know, when Sean McVay lays his head down on that pillow every night, I think he just really just shakes his fist at Joe Judge for being the special yes. teams coach of the team that we lost against. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't think there's any way the Rams can overlook any opponent this year. The, the NFC West is just too good, and McVay just needs to keep the foot on the pedal here. And, and this Giants team comes in beleaguered i'm here in new york like they're already talking yankees baseball and who the knicks are going to draft like football's done (laughs) jets and giants are not even a conversation piece right now the rams can't allow the giants to get back in that conversation your 14 point favorite whatever you are you should win by even more than that especially in sofi stadium yeah the rams are really good at just being whelmed they're never over under they're just really good at being whelmed kind of keeping it going (laughs) whelmed just whelmed um, Jordan Fuller, if he comes back this Sunday, how much better does he make this defense? Shrakes? He makes them really good. I mean, look, this is what you're looking for from your own players. Now, 
Darius Williams made the big pick two weeks ago, has the pass interference play this week, and you're like, I, I, this is what it is. You have to get these growing pains out early, and if Fuller can get back on the field, it's great because you're going to need him come December and January for sure. And lining up next to those, those other defensive backs, John Johnson, Jalen Ramsey, of course, he's going to get better. He's going to mature. But, yes, if he could play, that's huge. It shouldn't be this way. I mean, you shouldn't be leaning on a late-round draft pick and a rookie going into his third game, the Rams' fourth game, uh, to be this integral in the back end of your defense. I think for the Rams to be who they want to be and play their three safety looks, they need him and Taylor Rapp to both show up equally. Um, but I will say he is a Ram because of his 40 time, because he ran 4.67. That's why he was still available to the Rams where they drafted him. But his game speed and his angles make him one of their most reliable tacklers, if not their most reliable tackler already. And that's what they missed last week as much as anything. They've had two mm -hmm. poor tackling performances out of their three games. I will also add that Jordan Fuller's uncle is Sinbad. Everyone seems to love that. And I just think it's so random. John Johnson didn't even know. And he was like, wow, that's the plug right there. So Has he seen First Kid? I mean, one of the great Sinbad movies. <laughs> no, I'm more of a... I'm more of a late night at the Apollo guy, Sinbad, the original. Let's go. All going back to the 80s and 90s today. <laughs> well, I don't know if Sinbad has any reps left in him at outside linebacker, but the Rams are looking for help on the edge. What would you do in terms of uh, rotating uh, the outside linebackers to help out Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd getting some pressure on Danny Dimes? Can we get Terrell Lewis on the field? What's the latest? Like, I don't know the updates. Serena, you're the reporter. Like, that's why you drafted the guy. What do we got? And what's the update there? Because – I'm not putting you on the spot. I just, this is the hope. This is why you don't go and spend mm -hmm. a ton of money on outside line. You draft someone and he just hasn't had an opportunity to get on the field, really. I think if you were every day, we are asking Sean McVay the same question you are. So maybe you can ask him or JB, but you guys can get that answer. But um, yeah, I mean, I will say our boy MJD, very high hopes for Kenny Young. I, I think that the, he's got a lot of positives going into this, um, into this uh, season after coming from the Ravens. So I'm kind of have my eye on him. I'd like to see more out of Obo Okoronkwo, uh, who was injured last season. And I, I, can, I know how excited he was to get on the field. Now he's on the field. And I'm like, let's go, man. Let's go. Yeah, I think Ja'Kai Polite's time might be now. I think yeah. Justin Holland's reps coming over from Denver have increased every week. Maybe he uh, gets that opportunity this week against the Giants. And then Lewis, uh, it sounds like from McVay's comments so far, this is not the week for the rookie from Alabama to make his debut, uh, but hopefully hopefully between now and San Francisco so that his feet are at least wet going into that uh, NFC West competition. All right, let's close it out, going around the horn with some Rams fantasy picks for the week. Uh, just to recap last week, Robert Woods came through for me. Serena, your Rams defense had four sacks, an interception, a fumble recovery, and MJD with a solid pick, Cooper Cup over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Peter? From New York, you have the honor. Who would you go with in fantasy football this week? Let's go with one that's way off the board. I'll go Van Jefferson. Let's go with the rookie. Let's say this is his breakout game. I expect the Rams to get up early in this one and maybe seeing some other players get some looks and some targets. Give me Van Jefferson, a couple touchdowns in his big rookie Ooh. breakout game. Serena? I've heard that one before. You know, the Rams are wearing yellow pants this weekend. Very mm. excited about that. Some nice throwback looks. Um, when you think of a throwback kind of classy guy, you think of Cooper Cup. The yes. Rams are second in the league in third down conversions. The Giants are ranked last in the league in third down defense. Cooper Cup is the best wide out on third and fourth down conversions. Cooper Cup, score me some touchdowns this weekend, my friend. <laughs> you guys are such good friends. Did you really leave me Jared Goff and Daryl Henderson going into a week? <laughs> Dealer's four choice. Against, against the Giants, choice. I mean. 
there, there are no bad options here, but I actually am going to go Rams defense as the value pick. Jones has turned the ball over twice in all three games this season. Just one turnover-free game in his career. Only the Jets are scoring less than the Giants, I think. Uh, Brandon Staley and company have a very nice bounce-back performance in favorable circumstances at SoFi Stadium. Mm. I'm excited to see the game. Um, but that's a wrap. Trigger, thank you for coming on today. JB, as always, uh, Serena Morales. Rams-Giants, Sunday at 1 p.m. East Coast time. 10 a.m. Oh, no, 1 o'clock our time. Oh, 4 yes. p.m. I'm going to drink some more coffee. Don't miss it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for more Between the Horns.